Women's Health Melbourne is an innovative, holistic fertility and women's health practice. We are world leaders in IVF and egg freezing and provide our patients with every opportunity to achieve their goals. Our hand-picked expert team provides the ultimate care experience for our patients. Reach us at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au and follow us at Women's Health Melbourne and at Dr Rayleigh Alou. Welcome to Knocked Up, the podcast about fertility and women's health. You are joined, as always, by me, Geordie Morrison, and Dr. Rayleigh Alou, CREI Fertility Specialist. Welcome, Rayleigh. Hi, Geordie. How are you? I'm good. Near the end of the year, this will probably be our second last episode, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. End of the year has come so quickly. Today, we're talking about egg freeze success rates. We've talked before about the process of egg freezing and the amazing technology behind it. But is it worth doing? And when is the best time to freeze your eggs to maximise your chance of achieving a live birth? We've also got a few listener questions for you, Aelia. Terrific. Let's do it. Let's start with what does success look like when you freeze your eggs? Well, look, the ultimate success of egg freezing is having a baby. And the ultimate goal of someone who thinks about freezing their eggs is to be able to have the family that they crave when they want to do it and to be able to have ultimately as many children as they want to. In terms of success rates from egg freezing, often when we talk about it with patients, we talk about the probability of having one baby because that's really what we know how to predict. In terms of their probability of having two or three or four babies in the future, there are so many factors that come into that. And there are factors that come into having one baby from frozen eggs. For example, the sperm you bring to the table will make a big difference. The fertility factors you bring to the table at the time that you freeze your eggs and beyond will make a big difference. But we do know that for young women who freeze a very good number of healthy eggs, success rates from egg freezing are terrific and most people can have a baby if they freeze eggs young enough and they freeze enough eggs. And so I think it's really important to understand what egg freezing is. It's a terrific proactive strategy for women who put healthy eggs in the freezer for later. You mentioned other fertility factors. What could these be? So there are women out there and men who have intrinsic problems that make it harder for them to have a baby. That might be advanced age. So for example, if you put eggs in the freezer when you're beyond the age of 35, those eggs carry intrinsic problems related to age and acquired infertility. When you do freeze eggs at an older age, the success rates, just like the success rates of IVF at an older age will not be as strong. In terms of other factors, however, there are all kinds of things that can make it difficult for someone to get pregnant. That can be, for example, anatomical factors like uterine fibroids, cervical concerns, things like adenomyosis things like endometriosis, so physical problems and and inflammatory concerns that can make it harder for a person to get pregnant. You can have male factor concerns that make it harder to make good embryos from eggs. Uh, There can be sperm problems. 
There can be sperm production problems. There can be sperm health problems. And it's always worth if you're coming back to use frozen eggs with a partner to delegate that time to work on the sperm and get it to be the best it can be to get the best outcomes from frozen eggs. You can have other conditions that impact your fertility like autoimmune conditions, thyroid dysfunction, other acquired problems that can affect your chance of having a healthy pregnancy like antiphospholipid syndrome or lupus or other types of autoimmune problems. You can see that if someone young, healthy, who doesn't have any medical problems freezes their eggs, you're going to get a very different prognosis for success than if someone older with a myriad of concerns freezes their egg. You've mentioned having a good number of eggs frozen. What does a good number mean? That's a really good question because it's not always possible for someone to put away as many eggs as we would medically like them to have in their reserve of frozen eggs in one cycle and it can take people multiple goes to build up enough eggs. If you freeze eggs when you're younger, not only is the quality better, but also the number you can hope to achieve in a cycle is stronger than it will ever be in your future. So it is much more likely if you're freezing eggs around 30 to be able to get a really strong number of eggs in one to two cycles compared to when you're older. In terms of a good number, that too depends on the age of the person. We tend to look at the Goldman tool to predict outcomes from egg freezing at a given age. It's a great tool that's published um, and actually open access. So anybody can access um, the tool by probably just searching Goldman and egg freeze. It'll come up on on the internet. Um, But basically, if you freeze 10 eggs at age under 35, you're still only going to be getting about a 60% chance of having one baby. Whereas if you freeze 20 eggs at the same age, you're going to have about a 90% probability of having one baby. If you are older, you do need to freeze more eggs. So beyond 35, I usually recommend freezing as many eggs as you practically can, but definitely more than 20 to 30. And that can mean doing more than one round? It is more often than not more than one round. When you come to use your eggs, what is the process and how is it different to if you were going through IVF? So we can really work on sperm if you have a partner to make sure that you're fertilizing your frozen eggs, your precious resource with the best sperm available. If you're using donor sperm, uh, sometimes it's not as easy to do that because you might be using a frozen aliquot of sperm. But certainly if you're with a partner, making sure that they've got good diet and lifestyle and antioxidant supplements and making sure they're on a good multivitamin, you know, cutting out vices like alcohol, party drugs uh, in the three-month lead up because it does take 70 days to make sperm before a cycle is a very, very good idea. Another thing that I tend to advise patients uh, often to do is to batch their eggs so not to warm all the eggs in one go. Now that can be more expensive if it does take more than one cycle but what it does is safeguard against losing frozen embryos because sometimes when we warm eggs we get more embryos than we would like to transfer immediately and thereby we would need to refreeze the embryos uh, in that circumstance. So I would recommend generally when we warm eggs to warm about 10 to 12 and be able to have other eggs in reserve 
because when we create embryos, that's the best chance of getting pregnant while the embryo is, is fresh in an egg thaw context because we can put it back in either a nice natural endometrial lining or we can artificially prepare the lining in a way that makes the uterus optimally receptive and then have kind of the best of both worlds, a fresh embryo in a fresh lining and that improves your chance of getting pregnant. Other things we can do is consider judiciously whether we do put back more than one embryo. We do have other episodes in our back catalogues about why it can be risky to do a double embryo transfer. But when we're using a finite resource of frozen eggs, that is a time where we may contemplate if a woman is in other ways low risk, whether it might improve her chances of having a baby to put back more than one embryo at a time. So that is something we could consider. Obviously, talking to the person on an individual level and working out the pros and cons in their circumstance of the risk of twin pregnancy from a maternal and fetal perspective versus their probability of success using a finite and limited resource of frozen eggs. I want to ask about age. We talk a lot about how age is the biggest factor when it comes to fertility. So how does the age at which you freeze your eggs impact your chance of having a baby? Age impacts results of IVF full stop. Every year that we age, unfortunately our eggs age with us. We make all the eggs we're ever going to make when we are ourselves in utero and those eggs are cells that have to run a marathon and by the time they have to do the very complicated, I think we tend to oversimplify sometimes how difficult it is for an egg to make an embryo. It's incredibly complicated to go from a single cell to a multicellular organism that has to not only make not a single mistake in making a human but also implant, invade, negotiate a maternal blood supply and make a placenta. It's amazing that so many embryos can do it. It's it's incredible and it's not surprising that not every embryo can. Even embryos with the right DNA make mistakes and, and young people don't get pregnant every time they make an embryo. But when we get older, what happens is eggs make DNA errors that are not inherited but are spontaneous. And what that means is they can either be missing a chromosome, they might have an extra chromosome because eggs start out with four times the DNA they have to ultimately give to a baby and they have to undertake what's called reduction divisions, chucking out packages of DNA at both the time point of ovulation and fertilisation. So a lot of the time that eggs in, are making mistakes is actually in the IVF lab when it comes to egg warming. So it's not necessarily the egg we warm has an error. It might be that it makes a mistake while it's making an embryo. So the older you are, the, the higher the burden of these problems that eggs have and it becomes the ultimately for all of us for every woman it becomes the exceptional rather than the average egg that can make a baby so when women come to egg freezing you know well beyond 35 as a bit of a last ditch effort to maybe prolong fertility you know what the eggs that they the eggs that they do freeze have intrinsic risk and intrinsic problems and so egg freezing is m a much better technology for young women prospectively using it to put healthy eggs in the freezer for later and when they do take those healthy eggs out success rates are terrific and they're just like IVF success rates for same age women which is unbelievable 
And we actually have a situation where actually most egg donor programs around the world are using now almost exclusively frozen eggs because it's much more practical and easy and we see success rates hold up in this circumstance. You talked about um, egg freeze over 35. So is it still worth doing? Is there anything you need to do differently? You need to do it more. You need to freeze more eggs. And you need to understand that when we do freeze eggs over 35, it's not a guarantee that you will have a baby in the future. It is a resource to hopefully improve your chance of having a baby in the future. But it's certainly not something that you should set and forget and come back when you're in your 40s and totally rely on. You know, I definitely wouldn't wouldn't encourage anybody freezing eggs over 35 to think of it as, okay, game, set, match, baby in the bag. It just doesn't work that way. And it's really important that we do try and have our children as early in life as we possibly can with other factors taken into account. However, egg freezing does allow women to, when it works, you know, triumph against the adversity of maternal age. And we are often healthy enough in our bodies to carry a pregnancy well beyond the age that our eggs are healthy enough to make an embryo. Egg freezing has been a get out of jail free card for many women, but equally there will be women who do freeze eggs, particularly if they freeze them beyond 35, particularly when they don't necessarily freeze enough eggs to compensate for age-related egg decline, egg quality decline, who do miss out on having a baby despite the best efforts of science. So when is a good time to freeze your eggs? Is there an optimal age? Ideally, the best age to freeze eggs, I believe, is about 30. You can say from a biological standpoint, we should all be freezing our eggs at age 18. But the reality is that when you are a teenager or in your early 20s, despite having an excellent egg count and having eggs of the highest quality, you do have you know, more than a decade of fertile time ahead of you where your egg quality remains strong. So if we all froze our eggs at 18, many would not ever need to use that backup resource. I think when women approach their late 20s and early 30s, they have a better perspective of the next decade and what it might hold in store for them. And they still have eggs of reasonably high quality and often in reasonably good number. So I think that is a really good sweet spot to consider egg freezing. And to be ready to freeze eggs in your late 20s and early 30s, you really need to know about egg freezing, be aware of it and think about whether that's something that might be useful to you in your life. When we think about what we were like in our late 20s, early 30s, we probably didn't really have that much disposable income. Egg freezing is pretty expensive. Why is it so expensive? Egg freezing is expensive because there's no Medicare support for egg freezing. I think people might underestimate how much it costs to run an IVF cycle or an egg freezing cycle without Medicare input. The drugs we use to stimulate the ovary in an egg freeze cycle alone cost roughly $2,000. And the hospital admission, the surgical procedures, together that costs roughly another $2,000. And then the lab work costs roughly one to $2,000. And then keeping eggs frozen is also an expense. I think 
it's one of those things, do we or don't we have expendable income? It just depends on where you're at in life and what you want for yourself. Often in past generations, people in, in the same age bracket were having children or had had children and were budgeting for that. And obviously having a baby is a lot more expensive than egg freezing. I think it really comes down to what your priorities are for yourself at that time. I think that's a very personal decision and I'm not here to tell people how to spend their money or how to budget. It's totally a personal decision. But I think egg freezing as a technology is an amazing technology. The only thing that will make egg freezing less expensive is if we have our medical system acknowledge what egg freezing can do for women and decide to come to the table and fund it. I've seen around that there's sort of a more low-cost egg freeze option available at some clinics. Why would you pay less? Why would you pay more? What is often the difference? Egg freezing is just like IVF, something that can be done in a production line manner or it can be done in a bespoke manner. And when you choose to freeze eggs at a low-cost clinic, what happens is you'll be going through a protocolized system where it's a one-size-fits-all approach. And often that's designed for safety to aim for lower egg numbers in one go. But um, from the clinic's perspective, that is compensated by requiring more cycles to get to your goal. When you have egg freezing with your own doctor treating you as opposed to going through a clinic where you don't have your own doctor treating you, you will most likely have a different approach to egg freezing. In terms of how eggs are frozen and what their success rates will be in the future, there will also be lab-to-lab variation on outcomes from frozen eggs because not every laboratory is the same. So like anything, you get what you pay for. I've got a few more questions from listeners. Does everyone need to do it? Not everybody needs to freeze their eggs. You can say actually that nobody needs to freeze their eggs. It's a choice for women who want to freeze their eggs. The reason that you might want to freeze your eggs is if you are projecting that you may not have had your family by an age that would be biologically optimal You might be a very proactive person who wants to create a resource to hedge your bets and improve your chances, not not guarantee your outcome, but improve your chances of having a baby in the future by putting young and healthy eggs into the mix as you age. And you might want to not look back with decisional regret that while this amazing technology exists, you didn't utilize it or you weren't motivated to utilize it. I have a growing number, ever growing number of patients who have come back to use their frozen eggs with success and among them will be a small number who come back to use their eggs and don't have a baby. There'll also be women who don't come back to use them at all because while they were forward planning, other life changes came to pass. They might have decided that They wanted to try with a partner and have successfully conceived without using frozen eggs or they might have decided that having a baby was not for them and that's a decision that they could have made not out of necessity but out of choice. Uh, So there are lots of different reasons why women do and don't come back to use their eggs. There's also an amazing 
gift that some women give other women, which is when they don't use their own frozen eggs, that they've given their frozen eggs to someone else to have a baby as an egg donor. Freezing eggs helps women have more babies and it also helps society have more babies, which is amazing. It is amazing. Do we talk about egg freezing too much? It sort of seems to be growing in size, the conversation. And is this sort of putting unwanted pressure on women in their 20s and 30s to do something unnecessary? I actually think we don't talk about egg freezing enough. And I think that the conversation needs to grow because egg freezing has become a reality that's gone from fringe to mainstream and it's really important for people to know about it. I actually did a study a few years back with Eugenie Pryor, who's now a GP at the time she was a medical student that was published in Human Fertility in 2018, looking at how university students appreciate information about fertility, including egg freezing. We know that most people want and expect to have children but lack awareness about the biological limits of fertility and that reduces their chance ultimately of achieving parenthood goals. We in Eugenie's study surveyed Australian university students' intentions and expectations for future parenthood and we also surveyed their knowledge about fertility and their preferred sources of fertility information and we saw um, that most of the students, male and female, that we interviewed underestimated the impact of female and male age on fertility. And we also saw that they wanted information. They wanted information about egg freezing. They wanted information about fertility in general. They wanted it from their GPs. They wanted it from the internet. They wanted it from fertility doctors. And in order to help both men and women achieve their parenthood goals, We know that better education about fertility protection, proactive discussions, information about reproductive life planning, including egg freezing, is really important. And health promotion strategies, social policies and support to help parents realise their dreams of parenthood are really important and needed. Now, I don't think we talk about egg freezing too much. I think we need to talk about all aspects of fertility and planned parenthood more and at a younger age. Yeah, I agree. As we've said many times before, we learn how not to have a baby, but we don't learn how to have a baby. In regards to egg quality, we've spoken about this a little bit um, throughout the episode and also on previous episodes, but is there a way to know what your your egg quality is before you go through egg freezing? So maybe you know in advance if you need to do it or not? No, there really isn't. And egg quality is not something static. It's something dynamic. So you can have excellent egg quality at age 20 and reach age 37 or 38 and by that stage have impaired egg quality. It is an age-related change. Um, Just like you might notice that lots of people have no grey hairs when they're 20 and plenty as they get older it's the same you know we have age-related changes it's just unfortunate that the egg is very severely impacted by those changes and if you look at published IVF success rates which are freely available from every IVF unit and, and published in Australia New Zealand also annually with the ANZARD database you know you see that you anticipate and expect IVF success rates to go down with age that's just human biology. 
with eggs, it's the same. It's just that you don't see the the downstream consequences until you try and have a baby. But the quality decline is happening every day. And as we get older, it becomes more and more significant. So there will be some people who unfortunately, due to intrinsic problems, have bad quality eggs at a younger age. That's the minority, but they do exist. And, you know, there are some people for whom egg freezing is not going to be a solution because despite being able to collect eggs at high number, the quality of the eggs when we view them in the lab is very poor. We can, unfortunately for patients in that situation, ultimately they probably will need an egg donor and we can warn them of that when we do freeze eggs. But there's no other way outwardly that we would predict that by tests done um, through the GP or even through your fertility doctor. It's great you mentioned about the public reporting on results. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So in Australia, it is public, the, the lab results, is that correct? That's right. And in Victoria, Advata, actually egg thaw results are separately reported. Often in IVF outcomes, egg thaw results are kind of bundled into all of the IVF outcomes because what we see is that the outcomes are very comparable, aren't necessarily differentiated from the outcomes using fresh eggs of women at the same age. They will be reported in the data in many clinics of the age that the egg was when it was frozen as opposed to the age that the mother was when she used the egg because that's the fair way to compare it. But in terms of reporting of thaw cycles, yes, in Victoria, it's annually reported transparently from every clinic on the VATA report. What that doesn't show um, when we look at egg warm cycles is that not every baby born from a frozen egg is from the fresh egg warm cycle. So the egg warm cycle is when we take eggs out of the freezer, fertilize them and put an embryo back. Um, But there are also embryos from those cycles that are frozen and the frozen embryo transfer that were embryos made from a frozen egg and then refrozen as an embryo, that unfortunately is not separately reported in the VADA data. So that's all in the same data as frozen embryos from any other source. So the VADA data does underestimate the outcomes in terms of cumulative birth from frozen eggs. But what it does show is that Um, From all the cycles, for example, in last year's report, um, one in four embryos made a baby when made from a frozen egg. And you've got to remember that all of the women who warmed their eggs, some of them were significantly older when they froze their eggs. So that's actually an excellent outcome. We would say that for women over 35, it's generally one in three. For women at 35, it's one in three embryos that will make a baby. For women over 39, it's one in four embryos that will make a baby. So you can see that average outcomes from egg warm cycles all ages combined are very impressive. And they're the same stats. When we look at IVF success rates overall of all ages combined, you know, the average is that one in four embryos makes a baby. So it's terrific and it's on par with IVF from fresh eggs. So, and look, there've been massive international studies that have shown the same things. It's not a surprise. You know, there's a paper that was published in 2021 by Anna Kobo, one of the absolute international champions of, of egg freezing. And what it shows is that the reproductive outcomes for women who freeze eggs electively are absolutely on par with IVF for women of the same age. So, you know, we're so excited about this technology. It is very effective um, when used in its optimal way. To finish off, 
For listeners who are unsure about freezing their eggs, where do they start? Well, soon, very soon, there'll be a decision aid that I've been working on with um, Shireen Sandu, one of my PhD students, that will be made for exactly that. It's, it's called Eggsurance and the point of Shireen's decision aid is really to help women as a first point of call online have a look at the pros and cons of freezing eggs from their standpoint in an evidence-based approach that is not linked to a clinic or a doctor just so women can think about it a bit more at home themselves. I would say if you feel proactive and you want to do it you need a fertility doctor to help you and you should make an appointment at a clinic Um, You might want to go and see your GP first and get a referral and also potentially some basic investigations like an AMH test, some pre-treatment screening bloods including viral screening because that's required for most laboratories to keep your eggs in the lab, making sure that you know if you're positive for things like HIV or hepatitis and, and syphilis and all of those infectious diseases we look at. We need to know your blood group. We need to know if you have antibodies. Often in my clinic, I do a carrier type because I need to be able to tell you if you have a chromosome rearrangement that might mean you need to freeze more eggs than most people. You need a pelvic ultrasound to make sure that your anatomy is normal and check that you know your ovaries are accessible for a standard transvaginal egg collection procedure. We need to know if you have other conditions like an ovarian cyst or endometriosis that might make egg freezing more complicated for you and there might be some things that need to be sorted out prior to egg freezing so you need to do all those tests and then have an individualized assessment by a fertility specialist and the best people to see are people with a CREI because that's a doctor who has not only specialized in obstetrics and gynecology but done RANSCOG qualified further study in reproductive endocrinology and infertility so they are fully qualified to so, so they are fully qualified to give you the best advice in terms of your personal prognosis from egg freezing. In terms of how long you can keep your eggs frozen, there was a question that we saw as a comment on our Instagram that showed a bit of a misinformation that eggs can only be frozen for 10 years. And I think it's really important just to myth bust that because, you know, it is super important that women freeze eggs at the best age possible and, and often they might want to use them more than 10 years after they've frozen them. You might freeze eggs at 28 and, you know, you might want to use them when you're 39. That's potentially feasible. You can keep your frozen eggs frozen for as long as you want. In any state or territory of Australia, you can keep your eggs frozen for as long as you want. There is some paperwork to do to keep them frozen for more than 10 years, but you will not be denied that opportunity. It's just a bit of red tape and bureaucracy. Uh, I would say to women, don't be frightened. And you might see written on the internet or when you do a little bit of, of do DIY research, you might see reference to that restriction. It's just red tape. It's just paperwork. You can keep your eggs frozen for as long as you want. I think what we're saying here is the best place to start is with your doctor and be fully informed on your individual position. That's right. Firstly, you've got to decide if you want to freeze eggs or not. And then secondly, you've got to Uh, move forward with the pre-treatment requisite investigations and then see a fertility doctor to help you arrange the treatment itself. So being fully informed whilst you are thinking about it will help you make the right decision. Absolutely. Thank you, Raylia. 
Oh, thank you, Geordie. And I would also recommend that listeners who are interested in egg freezing check out the back catalogue of Knocked Up. We have over the years been leaders in egg freezing at Women's Health Melbourne and we've helped so many women freeze eggs and also come back to use them, which is a great source of satisfaction to me when I have my frozen egg babies uh, really vindicate their mother's choices. And in terms of our back catalogue, we have lots of episodes of, on egg freezing from various perspectives that you might find helpful in your decision-making process. Thank you. To support Knocked Up, leave us a review or recommend to a friend. Join us on Instagram at Knocked Up Podcast and join Raylia at Dr. Raylia Lou. And email us your questions to podcast at womenshealthmelbourne.com.au. Hold up. 